This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. As usual, I, I like to learn something from a Sefer, and the Sefer that I picked this time, I think is especially meaningful, um, I'll explain in a minute why. Um, the truth is, for somebody who reads a little bit, who thinks a little bit, Hanukkah is the hardest yontif for us to really identify with in a certain sense. Um, Paro, Mitzrim, Arabs, I don't think anyone has a tender spot for them, and I don't think we terribly value, even though actually they, 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 Islam did have a beautiful era of progress, but I don't think anyone particularly values their contributions to humanity and so on. And um, so, so power, etc. Um, Poras was gross and coarse, um, not in Rome. Is, is sort of uh, we identify Rome with best maybe administration kind of um, organization, but in terms of their cultural value as such, and in terms of what they contributed to civilization. It, yes, on the practical level, they contributed a lot, but nothing in the spirit, really, in the, in the big picture. Um, Greece is different. Um, Greece uh, is basically the, the, the root and the source for much that we value as being noble and nicer and a lot more civilized. Um, it's something that really, Greece, uh, Greece arouses a very, very positive feeling in us. Um, it's interesting what you can find today with Google. I was, I, I needed to, to dig up some art. I'd written once, and I'd written once for Asia Torah many, many years ago, an article. It was actually, it was the Jewish Observer, and H posted it. It's, it was called Yavan, um, that darkness is Greece, the Medrash. And I explained whatever it was, it was an article about explaining that Chazal. And lo and behold, there is a, some sort of pan-Hellenic society that took me to task the fanatical anti-Hellenic rabbi, Rabbi Lopiansky. And it was, it was really amazing. I, I, I mean, it was like, it, 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 they, they, I mean, it doesn't, whatever it is, they, they, they don't sound terribly literate, but it was interesting that some people actually dug it up. But Greece is, be it as it may, the, the culture and civilization that Greece brought into the world is positive. And we need to see it as positive. So, yeah, they happen to get into a fight with us. Um, but how do we deal with them as Yavan in a much more essential way? The, 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 the one who's we're reading from, Zashan Shafal Hirsch, I, I just would like to, to sort of sketch very briefly, everyone feels they're familiar with his life, but really, Reb Shafal Hirsch, um, it was very unusual. He, he was born in 1808. He passed away in 1888, about a month after Hanukkah, actually. And he was, he, was, he was a combination of two things that I think we would find it hard today to find anyone that has those two, um, those two traits. On the one hand, he was very open to the culture of the world. He found it valuable. And if you take a look at, um, there was a famous, a famous historian, Gretz, who has written one of the first major histories, and still considered to be sort of the bedrock for future histories. He was a rabbinical student, Gretz, who had questions in Amuna. He, he, he wrote to Shanshwal Hirsch, who was 28 at the time. Shanshwal Hirsch took him to his house, and they studied together for three years. And he writes, the Chavrushashaf was, they would get up four in the morning, they would learn, and Roshan was very organized, they were Germans, and they would learn in the morning, they would learn Gemara, Tehillim, and Kant. And that was what they read together. And and it would be hard to find, even Torah Mata people, but getting up four in the morning for Kant would be, I think, a big stretch. On the other hand, when they read, they read something by um, Heine, I think it was, that he felt was bad, Rav Shantar Hurst says, we need to burn the book. 
and it wasn't there, it was the library, so it, it, like, he, he, he was insistent, he said, this is bad, this is kfira, it's wrong, it's, it's evil, and, um, and he insists to get rid of it. I don't think you would ever find today such a kanos mixed with such an openness. And I think um, that that's the reason why he's looked with favor by everyone, because his openness wasn't, uh, he wasn't seduced by, by the culture of the world. He was boss, and he could decide what was good, what was passable, and what was evil, and make a decision, and threaten th- to burn the book. It's, it's something today, you couldn't find somebody getting up four in the morning to read Kant who would burn the books also. So this is not a combination that we could think of. Um, he was, and, and this, his term der Heretz was a fascinating shita. It really, really was an openness to take what's good. And on the other hand, he was a tremendous kanoi um, against all that was bad. He also, as much as he had a, univer- a sense of universality of Judaism and the idea that you need to um, the, the, the Judaism incorporates everything and everybody on the other hand what he felt that the communities living together it, it, um, that having the general community which was non-religious and perhaps anti-religious he didn't want to be subordinate and he started what was called the Austrit which means to leave the community this, I mean, I don't think we appreciate how kanoi uh, this was. The equivalent of that would be Satma not recognizing the Jewish state. Same idea, that if, um, if you don't believe in their principles, you can't be part of it. That's, that was Satma's attitude to the state, and that was Ashashvahosh's attitude towards um, the general Jewish community. He, he, he left it and demanded that everyone with him leave it, he fought tremendous battles, not, not all that successful. He, and on the other hand, his works are full of, of, of a sense that Judaism is a universal message and not just for the shtibble. It's not just what to serve for Kiddush for the shtibble. It deals with a globe of 9 billion people and, and what's their mission in life and what's the, and, 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 you know, what's, the, what's the message for the world. So it's very fascinating. And if anyone can deal with this appropriately and help us understand the good that was Yavan and the bad that Yavan was and where the fork in the road splits, I think he would be extremely good at it. Um, his writings were almost all in German, mostly in German. Um, I don't read German. They've been translated to English. I find the English difficult. It's, it's a heavy... The person who translated it was a German person. He spoke English well, but it was a very German mindset. And it's very heavy and ponderous and archaic. It has the, the, the full, full brunt of the German influence. And it, so that doesn't make for pleasant reading. They've retranslated much of it in the Hebrew from the German to Hebrew. I find the Hebrew a lot more beautiful, especially since you're dealing with the psukim. And, and it really, really is, is extremely, extremely uplifting. Um, this particular mimer is taken from... A collect- Most of his writers were collected, except for Chorev or Atzaf and his commentaries on Tehillim and... Chumash, everything else was collected. Um, this is called Bimagle Shanat. It's a collection on Yom Tovim. It's quite long. I'm going to pull the pieces that I think are the important nekudos where we can get the thread of his thought and so on. So let's take a look. And again, like, we'll, we'll try to read a bit the Hebrew and I'll, I'll try to explain so that we get the flow of it. Okay, it's the second page. Kufpei Dalet. Now, I also added, we're not going to do it, but at the very end, I attached an extraordinary um, piece, at the very last page over here, from a sefer called the Akeda. The Akeda is, was, was by a, a, a giant in Jewish thought who lived at the end of the Spanish era, the end of the 1400s. His sefer, Akeda, is like five volumes of Chumash. is extraordinary work. It is not, it used to be considered one of the, uh, uh, something that you had to learn. People don't have patience for it. It's very long and so on. Um, when I put out the, the, um, the, the safe neglected things on the Chumash we do, I took a lot of pieces. I cut and edited so that you can stay with the point and not with all the digressions. This is a piece on Vayishlach where he deals with comparing natural human morality with Torah morality. 
the boundaries, the borderlines, and how do we see natural human um, morality versus what the Torah given one, and so on. It's if you'll have time and patience and the ability, it's a piece that's really, really very fundamental. But let's get back to our piece of Kufay Dalit. He speaks about um, the origin of Hanukkah is from a halachic word called Megillas Tainis, which lists all the bad events and all the Yeshuas that Akash did for us. He said two things were left from Megillas Tainis. We don't follow, we don't fast or, or, or not fast on the days of Megillas Tainis. We, we don't celebrate those in Tovim, except for Hanukkah and Purim. He says, hatzala." The, 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 the um, way in which we celebrate those in Tovim have to do with the, with the type of rescue. Ampurim, he said, what threatened us immediately was physical extermination, and therefore we, we, we celebrate it physically. The triumph of light on darkness of Hanukkah, that we see from the candle. Um, skipping a line. We don't celebrate the courage and the strength of the Makabim and the battlefield. Nor their um, political successes in re-establishing um, their own rule, their home rule. What we celebrate is the candle that's lit and the base of Megillah that's continuing. In other words, the rekindling of some sort of spiritual content of Kaisal. So yes, the, the Makabim were brave. Yes, we, 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 we won the victories. Yes, the Yavanim imperiled us to some degree, but that wasn't the main point. And now he begins his thesis. It was the first clash between two perspectives on life. Two different cultures. Till this very day, they, they grapple with each other, struggling for who is ahead. He obviously means here when he's including... Judaism, he's including, he's speaking about his own kehilla and their struggles with the culture of Yavon. I think in a bigger, in a bigger picture, all religion versus um, secularism, humanism of sorts, that's secular. I think that's the bigger picture. Hayavonis um, vayadus, Hellenism and Judaism, those are the two spiritual pillars. Their cultures and their deeds are really the birth of humanity. The first time they squared off was in those days of Hanukkah in Judea. The struggle between the, these two perspectives are still still ongoing. struggling for the upper hand on the spiritual identity of Klal Where's the source for this clash? Where does it come from? So he says, the first prophecy in the Torah. spoke to Adam and to to, to Cain, and there was conversation. Those conversations are not prophecies in the sense of um, a, f- a future vision. They're God communicating with man about the here and the now. The first prophecy written in the Torah is, Yaft Elohim Yefes. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will do Yaft to Yefes. V'yishkom Shem, but he will dwell in the tents of shame. V'yehei Knan Eved Lomo, and Knan becomes their servant. Now, this is obviously from Noah. Noah had three children, Shem, Cham, and Yafis. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, he will dwell in the tents of Shem. Cham will be subservient to his two brothers. And Yaft, Elohim, Yafis. We translate the word Yaft as meaning somewhere in something from beauty. Hashem Shavu Hirsch and his Pirish and Chumash is unique 
that he, he derives, he, he, he looks at the etymology of words and he has very, very innovative insights. And he says a different explanation for that word. Hamilo yeft, hiloshen hifil shalashoresh pito. The word pito in Hebrew means to seduce. Um, like mefate, when we have a parashat Torah, if somebody seduces a young woman, he has to pay a certain amount. Um, we have the word pesi, which means a fool who is easily seduced, easily taken for a ride. So pito, there's actually a very, very sharp phrase. We, we, uh, we say in, in, in one of the in one of the piyutin, we don't say Rosh Hashanah, afatenu b'shoifer. I will try to seduce HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the sound of the shofar. Um, so the word yefes is seduction. Miloshe pitu dehainu. Hashem yiten li yefes es ha-shlita al-rikshoi Baruch Hu will give Yavon the ability to influence, to, 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 to pull along nations. But, avol kvoid Hashem, alea domois yishkoin, but Kvod Hashem is only in, in, in Ol Hashem. So there's a fascinating partnership here. It's reminiscent a little bit of Moshe and Aaron. Moshe is the Elohim, the, 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 the one who is, who is the boss to Paro, and Aaron speaks. In other words, there's the ability to, to, to have the truth, and is the ability to draw people to that. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I am splitting um, the ability to move people in a certain direction. Yovon has the ability to, to do things that will move people in a certain direction, and shame has the truth. Greece is one of those nations of Yefes, and it is the best, most successful one. Yovan brought into the world the concept of the beautiful. I want to stop a minute. I'm going to sort of jump a little bit. I'm, I'm going to introduce a point that he's going to say later, but, but I think it's important to bring it in here, because this is where he's saying it. A person has different levels. A human being has different levels of development. A baby can respond to certain positive stimuli and certain negative stimuli. The common denominator of the stimuli that a baby can respond to is they're all physical and palpable. Warm, soft, sweet, soothing. That's what a baby responds to and draws back at the harsh, the cold, the hard, and so on. Beauty is a second step. It's, it's not something that is automatic at birth. The, the elementary physical senses are automatic at birth. That's what you have. It's, it's, there are some senses that are not so simple. And to draw to turn people's attention to the aesthetic is something that required a big step forward. Chum was somebody who really, really was into things that physically are pleasurable. The idea of something being aesthetic, harmonious, um, and things of that nature, that was really a step forward. He says, and this is a crucial sentence in the, in the, in the thesis developing, Hayevanim Greece taught the nations the beautiful, the aesthetic. Vigarsu and their um, and, 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 and their thesis was the, the equivalence of the beautiful and the good, that which is symmetrical, that which is harmonious. Um, it could be in math. Math was a form of aesthetics because of the harmony of math, because of the symmetry of math. And music and things of that nature, the human body when developed properly so that it, 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 it's graceful, all of those things were <coughs> considered to be the good and the beautiful. They were, for all practical purposes, synonymous. The ilu be piskas ivri. 
On the other hand, the height of Bnei Shem, the, the apex of Bnei Shem, is Aver, who Ha'ama Ivri, which became a Klal Yisrael, Hanoites Holol Ratzoy they turned their tents to ask themselves, what is God demanding from them? They build a mikdash devoted to justice and love. And it's just love. So you have two directions. The beautiful and the good or the righteous. Very beautiful turn of phrase. He says both of these cultures, civilizations, have their mission to cover the crass erva, the crass physicality of man, the, the, the part of man that's animal. Both of them are taking, drawing man away from the animal self. Both of them, um, their, their, their mission is to lift a person up to something more human and more divine. And to try and to rein in the Chum in a person. Now, that's obvious, it goes out saying, that even though in the Chumash they appear as three separate, there's Chum, there's Shem, and there's Yafis, we all have elements of all three. And except some nations, it, 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 some parts of it dominate more. But in every person himself, there's the Chum, and there were two approaches in moving a person away from that. Um, the third paragraph. Kol toldos hanushis ad All of human history till this day, mehave mavak ratzuf al is a constant struggle on this nevuah. Um, I read it down just in English. On, on this stage of history, both types of cultures um, and, and, and nations appeared, tried to change people and tried to teach them what's right. And this was um, Yavon, which was the height of culture of, of Yefes, and Judaism, which is the height of Shem. Um, now he says, the next paragraph is where he explains what is the proper role of each one. In the prophecy of Noah, the bracha is on the Shechina in the tents of Shem. That's the goal. After we've, um, we've been able to overcome our physical animal instinct. The developing of the senses by Yavon is there only to bring a person to want more. In other words, it is a vital step. If you take the baby who is just feeling things that are physical, and his whole life is physical... The next step is to develop a sense of something that's a step beyond that. You can't just dump a shem on it, and he'll and I'll, and I'll give very soon a demonstration of, of 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 where it goes wrong on a person that's physical and crass. You need to develop a certain refinement so that the person is ready for the next for the next piece. For instance. We come to a person and say, you could be selling a kid. If the person is busy with his beer and, 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 and his football game, th- those words don't even have where to go. But if a person has developed some refinement and, and he senses the word, there is more than what I feel here and now, we already have him a step forward to bringing him someplace else. So ideally, Yovan would make them refined, and have them become capable of going the next step. And now he's going to explain uh, the next section on the bottom of the page. What was the the outlook of the nations before Yovan? What Yovan did and where they stopped short? He says, The the culture of nations uh, before Yovan it was based on external external uh, phenomena and a sense that somebody's in control. So your typical over your typical primitive nation 
lived in a scary world where there were gods of thunders and lightning and gods of floods and gods of, 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 of this and gods of that who were playing with him. And, and he was terrified and, and he, that's where he was struggling. So he says, so shala teva, the, the, the frightening aspects of nature they had all these statues and these avodazaras. They worshipped, they begged them, and they tried to appease them. It, it was a sense of trying somehow to appease those outside forces that are wrecking havoc with their lives. A person saw no value of himself. He was a little pawn in this great battle of these, of these, of of these, so strong forces. Um, only kings and you know great warriors could possibly fight, could fight all of those. And then he says um, the next paragraph. Then came the Greek culture. It turned a person inwards. It aroused a certain sense of self-value. It said, you know, people are big. They have a lot more. They're not these little scrawny pawns that the, that the gods play with. These are big. You can think the whole world and come up with truths that are true for stars, light years away. You, you can, a person is a huge, huge being uh, in terms of, of, of his, he can create extraordinary works of art. The, the human potential and what a human being is, that is what Greece gave us. It put humanity in perfection as the greatest thing in this world. And therefore they projected themselves into God's. So if man is the greatest thing in the world, then gods are just simply supermen. But that's what it is. It's not the wind, and it's not storm, and it's not thunder. It's men. The men some men live on this mountain, that mountain, but, but they, they projected the greatness of humanity. Adlai Fayyavanis, next paragraph, until Hellenism came, his patchu ruach ha'odam rikshayisav raktas Human potential was stunted. We only worried about appeasing these terrible gods that were playing with us. There was no sense of godless Adam, no sense of greatness of a person. Um, he understood, um, you know, he, he, he lived in fear, and a person, all a person, his worship was only a way to cope. But he himself remained coarse, cruel, very limited vision and benighted. Yovan, on the other hand, um, aroused the mind, the feelings, the sentiments, everything about a person to try to develop his spirit. And all of a sudden, a person can think, a person can project incredible beauty in, in speech, in, in music, in painting, in art. The human uh, potential flowered. And that was the other. So he says, now he says, okay, so that's the good part. That's the good news. So what's the bad news? L'Churi says, the bottom paragraph, wonderful. We've come from being primitive, benighted, um, little beings, little ants, to magnificent human beings. This, this Tarbos of Yafis, Everybody is, it's becoming more and more, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's become more popular, it's, it's taken over nations, they've moved towards civilization. It, it has reigned in the, the courses of a person, it has aroused his taste for beauty, and, and, and so on and so forth. It has given him a distaste for the coarse and the bad, made him much more noble, and, and, and so on. Is, isn't that isn't that beautiful? And then he says the second paragraph, and this is very typical of a her sort of world. It's not for naught that a Kaddish Baruch dressed the world in a cloak of beauty. 
In other words, if Hashem wanted us to worship Him, He needed to give us a stomach, um, a brain, food, and that's it. But this whole, the, 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 it's a beautiful world. And we have a sense of beauty, of color, of, 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 of um, texture, of, of, of symmetry, of harmony, all those things. I once, just as a side thing, Rav Chatzkosani, who was only a big bell in Muslims, a Shiva Heaven, he died in 69. Um, he once said, you say in benching, with chen, with chesed rachamim. So he said, chesed rachamim, I understand what that means. That's what uses food, drink, and so on. What's the chen? So he said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have created an apple to be gray, soggy, and tasteless. And we'd eat it because you have no choice. God forbid we're in a hospital, they put the IV line in, and the flavor and the color is irrelevant. It's, it's what keeps you alive, and that's the end of it. He said, HaKadosh Baruch gave it so much flavor, so much texture, so, so rich and nuanced in all the different flavors that are there, an aroma. He said, it's chen. HaKadosh Baruch serves everything in this world with a lot of chen. He said, HaKadosh Baruch draped this world with beauty. Um, whether it's a sunset, whether it's a mountain, whether it's snow. We live in a world where HaKadosh Baruch injected beauty. It's not for naught that a control gave this concept of music where you can have a harmonious sounds creating such a beautiful effect. It's not for nothing a control gave us those senses to appreciate them. He says, a person is overwhelmed when he sees heavens filled with stars, sun coming up, um, to see the beauty of a flower that's blossoming. It lifts a person up, it does, it elevates. So the person who's just busy with his little material things steps back and says, oh, there's something more than just a taste and a flavor and so on. I remember when I was in camp, uh, as a young boy, we had a counselor from England. I still remember his name, Joey Grunfeld. And he was a dying Grunfeld, I think, grandson. And in those days, people didn't travel that much, and, and it was a novelty, an Englishman. Everybody was always busy imitating his, his, his accent. And, and, you know, it was kind of a, it was a whole to-do about an Englishman. And there was one, it was a very beautiful campsite, and one day there was... He was standing there. A few of us, you know, a few would say, man, there was this beautiful sunset. And he said something, oh, that's just magnificent. And everybody started chiming in with the English accent. Uh, oh, overwhelming. This. And he got very nervous. He says, you Americans, it's blintzes and cream, and that's all you're about. Nothing else. <laughs> the the, the Kaddish Baruch put the sunset into the world to, 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 so we can lift our eyes out of the blintzes and cream and appreciate something. That's why Kaddish Baruch made it. And he says, and, and that's why he says, um, he, he uh, Kaddish Baruch Hu gave a person a sense for it. I'm just sort of going through very quickly. And, and, and uh, Yovan's job was to have been to underscore this. And then the next paragraph, the last one. Alpha became Eimba Betarvus Yovan Elegar Inshal Emes, And yet, it's only a little grain. It's a seed of the truth, but not the truth itself. Let's see the next page, which is where he goes into, where he starts explaining what the issues are with the arrested development of the world, the way it was by Yovan. Yovan can bring a person to thirst for truth, to want something more in life. But she can't reach the truth. Philosophy asks teasing questions. Socrates is much, much better at cutting apart someone else's argument than presenting his own point. 
He actually doesn't present much of his own points. He, he's, it, it's, um, the, the one thing you come out at the end of the dialogues is it's much better to ask the questions, to be the professor asking the questions, than the poor student trying to give an answer. Because even the professor, the, the, once, once you have to give an answer, <laughs> it's not so good. But he says, it can, it can give a person a thirst for truth, but it can't reach the truth. It's a culture that does not know the answer to the riddle of life that bothers a person. It has ideas and, 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 and sort of um, very, very clouded um, points. With axioms that haven't really, that are not solid, and with theories that um, are imaginary, they're not based on fact, fact. But he says, A person's life, a person was given, to, to, a person was given Shama to try to understand the truth. If he thinks he's God also, that he's the one who is going to set and reveal the truth. If he looks for the answers in what his heart tells him, it's going to play tricks on him, and it's going to be, and, and he's going to be bitterly disappointed. Um, in other words, and, and, and this is this is an extraordinary point. The the um, the, the, um, the, the there are two parts for a person for a person to inherit truth. We need two parts. We need to arouse um, a, a, a search, like the apsachloi. We need, uh, nobody, if the person is busy in his in his in his in his state and his and, and in his beer, he's he's not. No 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 truths will make any dent on him. We need to make a dent first, and then we need to find truth. And those are two separate things. Yavon arouses the questions that are asked, arousing the person a search, and only a Baruch Hu can fill it. I remember I once. Many, many years ago, I was listening in Israel on Independence Day. They have, they grant, yes, yes, correct. They grant um, a prize for, like, the, the, it's equivalent of the like Nobel Prize, the Israel Prize. And they have, I think, a dozen fields. And one person answers on behalf of, them, of, of all of them. I guess Jews don't like to give everybody to speak. There's no end to it. So they have one shliach tzibur. So one year, I happened to be tuned in, I was listening, and the one that responded um, on behalf of everybody else was a lady called Professor Ruth. I think Ruth was a, is a last name. She's, I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I know she's translated many works of philosophy into Hebrew. Um, I've, seen that in our, I've seen that, so I, I think that was her field. But she said that, she, she spoke of everyone that, the, the, the um, I don't know if she's the humanities or the, the academia or whatever it is, it represents man's eternal search or infinite search for the truth that I'll never find. And she said it very poetically, but if you have to be practical about that, first of all, I think she's right. I, I, I can't, you know, I think she, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, so for her, it's basically what he's saying. And, and the point is, there is no way, it's just like no computer can debug itself. Because your own mistakes are built into the system. So I can ask somebody else, tell me what I'm doing wrong. But I'll have a very hard time figuring out myself, because whatever my bias is, it's built into it. And besides which, the truth, so, so man can become the kibble for Emmis we would say in Hebrew, but the emiss comes from someplace else. He says, Torah, Tarbus Yovon, the second paragraph, Tarbus Yovon odas l'ora tshuka l'atzolz The culture of Yovon knows how to arouse in a person's desire to be noble. 
It has no way of giving that except for beauty, physical beauty, and harmony. Brum. Where does this lead to this search for noblemen? Basically, it, it, it's I enjoy my speculation. A, a, a good philosopher enjoys speculating. It's basically sort of loops back on itself. I enjoy being noble because people enjoy being noble are noble people. It'll never get to where it's supposed to get to. All it accomplishes is a very nice polish on the outside of a person in his manners and so on. Under this mantle of, of, of culture, you have Bahamius and you have, um, you have very similar animal, it just dressed beautifully. Even the most intelligent and learned people in Yavon, they didn't know. They didn't know the secret of life. Um, how do you do every bit? How do you talk to your neighbor? What don't you talk? How do you greet a person? What do you owe a person? They only show themselves. They were cultured and special in those moments of when they read the poetry, when they when they unveiled a painting, you know, when they performed a beautiful piece. But Yes, in those moments when a person is really caught up with those elevated feelings, he does become elevated. His turn of phrase is awesome. He says, he plants in his garden, in the garden of his spirit, um, synthetic flowers produced by his imagination. He says, on regular days, his personality actually contradicts what he believes. He, 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 he does the uncouth and the filthy in his life. And, and his days pass by quite on a low madrega. So Yavon, because it's standing where it's standing, it's sort of an arrested development. I want to read something I came across. I, I was debating should I read it or not. I just had a big Sahara to read it. And, um, and I gave it to my Sahara, I guess. I have to be able to find it also. and see if I have it. Um, it. It's something that... If I don't have it, then I guess I was supposed to read it. But uh, let's see. I guess I could use some organization in my packets. But... Uh, I'll, I'll say it outside once I once I have read it once I've said it. Let's see if I can find it here. No. I thought I had brought it here, but I'll, I, I I have a book at home. It's a um, it's a book about um, different Hiluki days of physics by somebody Kamut, I think his name is. A recent book about different approaches, the, 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 the arguments between Einstein and some of his contemporaries, and so on. It's, it's a book that deals with that as, as nothing to do with anything else. Um, in it, they have little vignettes, biographical vignettes, um, about these people. Now, Einstein was by no stretch of imagination religious Jew, but he has a very, very favorable... If we were to pick a person who's a man of culture and so on, we really have to pick him. That represents a lot of ideals. He was a pacifist. He, he, he smoked a pipe. You can't go wrong smoking a pipe and you know, kind of uh, have a very kind face. And I, and I, I, really, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to belittle him. I mean, I, mean I, I do think the person was, was, you know, everything that he spoke and said was very... There's a part there, and again, I don't have it on me, but uh, I, I, I thought I took it with me. Um, he, he has... He had an unhappy first marriage. Okay, and yes, Einstein, um, and he and with two kids, they divorced her. He found someone else that he liked much better, and that was fine. 
But his, his wife did not want to leave him. So he wrote out a contract with her. And what conditions will stay? In the end, he didn't, and he left her. And they have the contract printed. It's, 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 it's taken out of one of his works and so on. Uh, one of his letters, you know, collected letters type of stuff. And the contract goes, um, she always must have the laundry done on time. The meals are to be brought to his room. She is never to expect any type of physical connections. She's never to, to, to do this, that, and other thing. You read your jaw drops. A shifra kneinis probably has more rights than, than, than that. It's, it's really, really shocking. And, you know, it's one thing if you would have left some happy marriage and went on further. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't see any full death. But I was saying to myself, so was he playing a game when he was so nice and wonderful? I don't think so. But the nice of things was a world vision. It was like, you know, th- th- there are some people that are nearsighted, but when you're farsighted, you can't see what's under your nose. So yes, nearsighted people are only worried about what's over here. But the men of great vision don't have time for these little things about, he's worried about humanity, not about his wife and kids, and not about the feelings of, of, of his wife. What is it like when you get, okay, you, you know, do the bed, do the laundry, the linens, and, and shut up and keep out of my way? Like, I, and, I, and I was saying to myself, that I, I couldn't find a better example, especially a Lanzmann of, of Hirsch, that, than this, than this, than this, I, it, it's, if anyone really wants to know, just, I, I, you can call me later, I, I, I will, I mean, I, I've, I have a, I've actually put it on PDF. I, I saved it because it was so stunning to me. But that's what happens. It, it gets to a place, but there are no answers, and there's no direction for how to live a life in all of its practical aspects. The most philosophy can give you is a philosophy, an idea, an ideal. It doesn't go down to all the details. It can't go down to details. And... If you don't have the details down, you know, you, you can have the theories of physics well, but if you don't know how to screw the thing into the machine, it's not going to work, even if you have the theories down. Now, let's skip over to Kuftzarek Dalit. Tarbus Yom Sho'efes Letapeach as Chushachein Vayoyfi. The culture of Yavan tries, strives, to develop the senses of beauty. So that you have a beautiful life. If you ask someone what's the purpose of art and music and so on, the answer is to enrich your life. And also to provide some sort of measuring rod for a person. This allows a person also to become enmeshed in all the perversions and all that is bad and wrong inside him. Because at the end of the day, the message is a nicer, better, more enjoyable life. So it starts with music and art, and then it goes to whatever I feel like. And then he says there's another religion, which is obviously Christianity, that says a person should not enjoy this world at all. In opposition to this, what is it that makes man great and noble when he is like Hashem? In other words, Hashem is the ultimate of good, and making myself, modeling myself to be like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we now have an answer outside of man. In other words, instead of the Yavanim took man and they said man is great and therefore man is God or gods, we say that man can be like God. It's not we've made God in our image. It's we are making ourselves, modeling ourselves after, after a, a ruchnistic image of God. It's what teaches a person the difference between the, the, the profane and the and, 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 and the sacred, bein tzedek oval the righteousness and and wrong, bein kedusha l'shchisus, bein mashachavel amakom shabazabeinov. It also gives me very clear indicators of the things that are right and wrong and so on. Hatreira kovasos gevulos cheruse b'tor adam hamurka migashmes ruchnis. The Torah gives us boundaries. We are not perfect. We're physical. So, Yichud is Asa. 
because we're baddies also. And we can't let ourselves go all the way because part of us is not ready to go all the way. And therefore, the boundaries of defining what is right and what is wrong and, and what I can do and I can't do is all given. The, the Torah tells the person, For the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your Creator, keep yourself holy, keep yourself pure. Devote HaKadosh Baruch Hu your life uh, in even the most physical of your senses. Let's go down till, and uh, here we're almost towards the end of the thing, and um, one paragraph before the end. Yachsim Elu, all of these, he says the Torah goes down to every detail, a relationship with, with, with your friend, with your wife, family members, community, different parts of the nation, and so on. Yachsim Elu, these relationships, Enam Tluyum Leibu Rikshas they're not what you feel is right. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. It's, it's not, you know, what you feel is not, is given to moods, and that can't possibly be an, an absolute uh, measure. Not human mind. Yeah, you know, your mind, of course, sometimes people say well, they get upset and they're very righteous. Isn't that? At the end of the day, it's because their own personal thing. The mind is not perfect. It's far from perfect. It has built-in bias. My mind is my mind, and, and, it, and it has me as it's the driver. So, so it's not going to give me the truth. And therefore, he says, the people who, who organize their lives, by the way, the Torah bid them, they have truth and beauty, because it is harmonious. It's not a contradiction to harmony, it is harmonious. And the Yivani will never reach it, and they, and they search for it in vain, because they wanted to find it in the, in the circle of self, not reaching out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's only HaKadosh Baruch Hu that takes everything in to the spirit that can give it. Let's take a look, finally, Kuf Tzadik Zayin, it's going to be the last piece we want to see here. In that first battle of Yavan and Yehuda, he says, take a look. The other nations wanted to conquer us. Rome was upset. The only time Rome was upset was when we wanted a political independence. Um, other nations want us to worship our Zara. Each one had their things. He said, If you take a look at the Xeris, Chazal bring all sorts of Xeris. The common denominator is they all related to practical mitzvahs. And he brings here a list. He was a tremendous bucky. And, I mean, I remind you, this is pre-computer era. And he really had to know his things before he wrote them down. All tons and tons of things. They were directed against the practical mitzvahs. The Hellenism found it to be very, very upsetting. And he says before, look at the paragraph before, Alexander's armies had victories across Asia, across you know, the Middle East and Asia. But greater than that was Hellenism. Hellenism took hold real fast. People liked it. Anyone who was a little bit more developed said, it's beautiful, it's nice, it's wonderful. He said, only the Jews were, Judea was the one that didn't like it. Um, and and they, they stood against it. Let's look at the last page at Kuf um, Ches, and then we'll see Kuf Ches. Kuf Ches in the middle paragraph. It wasn't Yehuda Maccabi as the as the great military hero that overcame Atiyachus. Kim Hanera Yehudi. The Jewish light, the Jewish lamp. That overcame the outside luster 
of Yavah. Ruchel shal Matzio, their father, the spirit of Matzio, hoya at Sukkah Eisan, asher Elov is not to Elila Matvel Shiyavet. On that is where is 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 on on the rock of Matzio um, was where they dashed the idols of Yavah. He said Ruach said it was that spirit v'loy cherva mulchama, not the sword of of the of, of the battle. And not even the, 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 the fact that the, that the Hashemunayim became kings of Israel again and all that, that wasn't what saved the Jewish people. It was the, 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 the Ruach of, of Kedusha that the Quran brought with them. And then finally, Kuf Tzarekas, the list we finishes. Anytime when a beautiful, when, when the lust of Yavan threatens Klal Yisrael. And this is, it's so hard to, for us to see it, to understand where he's coming. In, in the 1800s in Germany, um, Judaism, as we know it, had collapsed. He couldn't find in Frankfurt a minion of, 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 of Shomer Shabbos families. And if you look at the reforms, uh, at the reforms, um, at the initiatives, and the things that they pressed for, being Germans, what bothered them was the following issue. That German religion and cathedrals are magnificent, beautiful, formal, um, and so on. The Stiebels are Stiebels. And everything, bring an organ in. Because an organ is wear a uniform. Um, I think they were called Taylor, Tallers, if I'm not mistaken. All of those things were because the, 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 the enlightened, the educated, the, the aristocratic, that was the Tzuravit. And that pulled them away. And, and, and he said, every time that this threatens Kaiser, and he's speaking about the battle that he led, when, this, when, when, the, when the spirit of the times, when the zeitgeist, tries to to, to, to draw away Jews from Torah. When many scream after the culture of Yovan, and, and, and they are content themselves with, an, with, a, with the appeal of the outside and the surface. And what draws them is simply the, 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 um, the ceremonial, the outside ceremonial. And, and when, when Yovan has managed to penetrate even into the shul, Vakohanim is, is a play, it means the rabbis who are like priests. They use this, they sort of hijack this and, and make their own reformed temples out of it and so on. We also have to remember only in the, in, the, in the recesses of Emes and Amuna, that's where we find beauty, spirituality, um, uh, uh, morality. And we need to, to light Hanukkah with an extraordinary simcha. To, to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he, we've kept that light in our house. Um, he said, it's come a time when in the schools they're not teaching our children. In the home and the family, you have to kindle that light in your children. Um, so just review very briefly. Um, his point is in, in man there are, and in mankind there are three layers there is the physical that is um, that, that man is, is identical with an animal and it's biologically it's just, it's just about the same and that is the coarse and the bad in the world and that represented by Chum and every person's own physicality HaKadosh Baruch who um, then presented gave another section of person, of peoples, and that is to draw a person to something beyond that. To draw a person out of 
that shell of physical gratification and self and to open up a window to look out. And that's the world of Yefes, the world of beauty, of harmony, of, of understanding of what's around and so on and so forth. And that is what we would call, the, under, the, under, under the big banner of civilization um, and so on, but that is, if it becomes an end to itself, it is wrong. Because you're turning the question into an answer, and there's no answers coming from there. By the Shein Adelisho, when it says we have to teach him to ask a question, so he's not going to provide his answers. Asking a question means you recognize the need to know, but you don't know it. And... And, and that, if it's, if it's Kitikuno, who had, is, if the world would do it right, that would open up the world to saying, I must search for those answers because life is meaningless without it. And I now become a Klikibble. I, I now have the ability to absorb that answer and understand. I start by seeing the divine in myself. But the divine in myself cut off from the divine is, 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 is me again, and it's worthless. When the divine in the person, when the Tzalm um, pushes a person to search for Lakim, that's when you have the Shlemus of the Adam, and that's when the entire person fits together. It, it, it's true and harmonious. It's, it's both Yoifi and Emes together. Married one state. Jacob Keller.